Hey everybody, my name is Owen Flynn and welcome to episode 18 of the Trail Running Ireland podcast, sponsored by Chorus. Great to have you back again and we have a super show lined up this week as we begin to look forward to Christmas time and beyond to a better 2021 for everybody. And speaking of 2021, Simon Kelly, our man on the ground, is back with all the latest updates to the 2021 racing calendar in Ireland and abroad. Rene Borg is here with one of his most fascinating and important coaching segments yet on the importance that overall good health, physical and mental has on our running and how it plays such a fundamental role when it comes to training and staying injury free and Rennie also talks about what we can do to try and achieve optimum health for our feature interview we have the star of 2019 on the trail and mountain racing circuit in Ireland and she also has equally churned out some highly impressive performances this year in 2020 most notably an Irish 24 hour record and a masterclass in trail and ultra running in the Kerryway Ultra Aoife Mundo is with us and I'll be asking Aoife if after conquering Ireland does she have any plans to conquer the world. Everyone get your running gear on, let's go. Christmas everybody it's nice to be able to say that isn't it it's a fantastic time of the year and hopefully everybody is in good form and have been getting out over the last week or two enjoying the miles enjoying the kilometers and looking forward to a 2021 that I'm sure is going to be a lot better than what we've experienced in 2020 and if you're looking to listen to a story about somebody who is an inspiration and is a motivation for so many people and someone who just has shown that you just never know when something great is going to happen to you and if you put in the hard work if you put in the groundwork over a certain period of time who knows what you can achieve and Aoife Mundo's interview coming up later on the show is a superb story and really worth listening to and sharing with guys as well make sure you share it with your friends and family to anybody that has an interest in sport so before we kick off a big thank you as always to our show sponsor Chorus who have made a tremendous impact on the global GPS watch market over the last couple of years their Pace 2 watch won the best sports watch in the wearable tech awards 2020 and is the lightest gps watch ever made their chorus apex watch won the 2019 runners world gear of the year award their vertex was awarded 2019 best altimeter watch by outdoor gear lab and of course chorus recently announced a partnership with the world's greatest marathon runner of all time Elliot kipchoge make sure to check out their new uk and ireland website uk.chorus Com for more info on all those superb watches as well as details of their new partnership with Jogging Buddy and mental health charity Sport in Mind which is aimed at encouraging more people to get active, make friends and to socialise through running. So guys, let's just do that. Let's talk about running. Let's get out running and let's call in our man on the ground, Simon Kelly down in Waterfall, County Kerry.
Simon, good to have you back on the show this week, race director of the Waterfall Trail Running Festival. Simon, we missed you last week, and even though we have no race results to report on, there's been a couple of updates to the calendar, which I'm sure you have at hand there. Yeah, as you know, there's not much going on in the way of racing. But uh, at this time of year, I'm sure like many, I'm always looking towards 2021, the next year, what's coming up. And obviously there's a bit of uncertainty. However, there have been a few announcements which have given just a little bit of energy and a little bit of interest, particularly IMRA. They had their AGM just a few weeks back there and the, the subject of the calendar came up and they said, we're going to do our very best to roll out a full calendar of events in 2021. And I mean, they said, let's look at last year. It's going to be very similar. I would advise look at 2019 because there was lots of changes in the 2020 calendar. There is one big kind of uh, issue to it or one big element to it, and that's the Munster guys came out and said they're not going to hold the Slee Gale Talk Muskerie, the Ultra and the Half. Now, this is one of my favorite events. It usually happens in February. It's a 72K race down in Cork, and I absolutely love it. But to be honest, the reason they made the decision is it takes a bus transfer because it's a point-to-point race from Keelakill to Mill Street and they don't want to be involved in any bus transfers. And they've said they're not going to do any of the races that require bus transfers in 2021 to err on the side of caution and make sure they're not going to have to cancel them and also to provide best safety possible. It's an unfortunate reality, Simon, I think, isn't it? Even where I am, a local football team um, tested positive. 20 of the players tested positive after an away game. So, yeah, I can understand why they might have did it. Yeah, it's just, it's important, I suppose, when you can make those decisions, what's one year, one event, we can wait, make sure it's all going to be safe, particularly now that there's vaccines and everything on the horizon, waiting that little bit longer to get it right and keep it safe. I'm all in favour of, and I I think all credit to them for doing that. Um, For the Waterville Trail Running Festival, I've also looked at, an event which was a, an A to B event and we have closed that event down and I've adjusted one of the routes as well, a 25K event, which is now going to be start finishing the same location, which makes it that bit easier, that bit safer. And again, gives people their own responsibility, their freedom and takes away that need for communal transfers, um, which obviously we want to avoid as much as possible while there's still possibility of infection. Yeah, and I think we've seen over the last couple of weeks um, on the continent, and I was actually at an event here in Gran Canaria, a sports event last Saturday, OCR, obstacle course race, Simon, and they got the race off okay. I've seen lots of races in mainland Spain, in France, in Italy, um, trail running, mountain running races, that people are wearing masks, and I think Zach spoke about it as well when he was on in the summertime, that we still can put on safe races. You might have to make some adjustments, as you said there, but it is okay. And there's absolutely no evidence, as I'm sure we've all seen, of big infections, big positive results from sporting events. It just doesn't happen. So hopefully, hopefully our calendar will fill up um, very strongly in 2021. Yeah, the other few races currently tabled anyway is Gale Force in Lenan in March. They have a 22K race that's already penciled in, taking entries. Our own festival down here, the WTF Waterville Trail Running Festival, is on the 1st of May. We still have 
quite limited places actually we're, we're 80 percent sold out now which is great to be able to report um the end of may there's lock cutra castle marathon half marathon and 10k all trail races as well and then moving into june we have on the 26th of june the ohiti warrior in galway which is a 22k and a 10k trail race so there's plenty of things kind of coming in i'm sure this calendar will get busier and busier and there is going to be high demand i've seen it as i say with the waterville trail running festival we've had a lot of entries and people are you know relishing getting out on on the trails and really looking forward to getting out running again and hopefully some of the big races towards the second half of the year, some such as Eco Trail, Kerryway Ultra will be back as well. And I believe Kerryway Ultra had some good news recently as well. Fantastic news from an international perspective for Kerryway Ultra. So the Kerryway Ultra announced that they are now an official Western States qualifier. The Western States, a hundred mile race in the US. It's the oldest trail running race in the US, it was originally actually a horseback endurance race. So this is the only qualifier in Ireland. Even better than that, I don't know how Eileen Daly managed it, but she even got it backdated. So anyone who finished the Kerryway Ultra this year is able to enter the lottery for the Western States qualifier. Now it does come with a warning that there are 369 places in the Western States and this year, there was 27,000 tickets in the draw for those 369 places. So it is a long shot to get in, but it's one of those once in a lifetime races like the UTMB and other races such as that. Yeah, well, it sounds like a, a tricky race to get into, but if you do, I know it has an incredible reputation, Simon. And on the international front, very, very similar as well. Um, the races, the international races, they're beginning to announce their dates for 2021. Um, some of the Ultra Trail tours as well. And um, Let me just give you a couple of examples. The Ultra Trail World Tour, Simon, they started off in 2014 with only 10 events. And just their last week, they announced their 2021 calendar, which has jumped to 28 races in 22 countries across five continents. UTMB, of course, are part of the Ultra Trail World Tour as well. So in one way, Simon, that's a perfect example of how much the sport of trail running has grown and the business behind, behind trail running as well. Because all of those 28 races, they would pay big fees to be part of the Ultra Trail World Tour. And what they get in return is exposure as part of the calendar, advertising, marketing, and then they have literally thousands participating in these races all around the world so if you are looking for an exciting trail running trip for next year have a little google and um, ultra trail world tour and you'll see lots of different options from argentina to china russia america all across europe and um, it's an incredible collection of races the second one simon that was announced as well 
was the World Cup trophy. Now, you might remember that that was the one that Sarah McCormick had an incredible win. She was the World Cup trophy champion in 2019. And of course, with the way 2020 went, she didn't get a chance to defend her title last year. So it's great to see that the World Cup trophy, backed by the World Mountain Running Association, that that is looking to go ahead next year with 12 races, Italy, France, Poland, Spain, Switzerland, Czech Republic, and their first race in the aptly named Squaw Valley in the USA in the Broken Arrow Sky Race, which kicks off, I think, in June. So hopefully we'll see Sarah and maybe even Zach um, on the podium this year, Sarah McCormick and Zach Hanna. And just the last one to mention, Simon, on the international front, um, the Adidas Infinity Trail Series. And I don't know if you ever came across this one, but I'm a big Adidas fan. I've been wearing Adidas all my life since, since I started running. But they were a little bit cheeky, I thought, over the last couple of years because they called their trail running race the Adidas Infinity World Championships. Now, for me, there's only one World Championships, and that's the one that's backed by the IAAF, which, you know, Ireland have sent teams to through the, the World Mountain Running Association and IMRA um, over the last couple of years. Now, they've dropped the World Championship tag for next year, um, and their event takes place in Gastine in Austria on the 25th to the 27th of June. It's a relay event over 20K, 30K, 40K, and they've just limited it to 250 participants in the individual race. It is a fantastic event. And again, if you're interested just in the business and marketing side of trail running, Adidas, they've invested a lot over the last 12 months and they're going to be a big player in trail running as well. So in an event like that, you'll see all the pro athletes, all the Adidas pro athletes there participating. So a couple of, of options there, Simon, if you're looking to plan any trip for 2021. Well, I have to say and acknowledge, I think it's great that Adidas did drop the, the kind of world championship because I, I think I mentioned this to you before about, you know, races now that trail running is growing and people are coming up with their own series, their own championships. And you just wouldn't want to get into a state like boxing where you've got WBO, WBA, and no one really knows who the champion is anymore. And, and it just becomes very diluted. And you're obviously getting different runners. They're going to split up and go with whatever they're brand is involved now don't get me wrong brands getting involved and putting checks down and putting money into race organizers so that the races are getting better they're higher quality you're getting a better return on either a cheaper entry fee or you're getting a better goodie bag or something like that i'm all in favor of that what i would dislike happening would be the big checks just going to the top three athletes or something like that and then even the prices going up you see it over in the states somewhat that you could be entering a race that'll cost five six hundred dollars for an entry fee and higher whereas if you're running in ireland here particularly with imra and that the entry fees are so low when you compare them around Europe and I think there's just a happy medium somewhere in between there you know I don't mind paying 100 150 euros for a very long race once it comes with quality loads of aid stations loads of options support the massage afterwards and you just get a really good experience end to end and it's not just pulling on 
uh, number and then going to try and obviously hit the podium to get any return on what could be called your investment. Yeah, and it's a good point, Simon, that you made about the World Championships as well, because there are different ultra um, trail race circuits that are out there. You have the Spartan um, trail running series. You have the um, Ultra Trail World Tour that I mentioned as well. And then you have the Salomon um, Golden Trail series too. So there's a couple of them there. And unfortunately, the actual World Championship from the World Mountain Running Association that have combined now with ITRA, the International Trail Running Association. What happened last year in Argentina was that the very, very best runners weren't there because unfortunately trail running at an international level, it's actually very commercial and all the top runners, they're all sponsored. So their companies want them to go where they get the most exposure. And unfortunately, those athletes won't get the most exposure at the World Championships. They'll get it at UTMB. So if you like, the UTMB is actually the unofficial World Championships of trail running. Now, it's a wonderful event, and I'm not criticizing in any way. It's fantastic. But it really is actually the the World Championship of trail running. And what I would say, Simon, is absolutely enjoy all of our home races. But at the same time, have a think about experiencing a big international race like a UTMB, like something on the Ultra Trail World Tour, just to get a different viewpoint on it. And, And hopefully maybe in 2021, get that perfect combo of lots of brilliant races at home, and why not maybe one or two big international races as well? It sounds good, Owen, and let's hope with travelling open up that that will be possible in the very, very near future. And sure, we've all been saving while we've been locked down anyway, so hopefully we'll be able to free up a couple of euros to help fund it. Yeah, absolutely, Simon. Listen, it's been a pleasure, Simon, as always. And we, we might try and get an episode in before Christmas or if not shortly afterwards. So until then, take care. Sounds good. Take care, Owen. Sarah McCormack. My name is Brian Fury. My name is Nicola Duncan. My name is Zach Hanna. My name is Mark Ryan. I'm a mountain runner. 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 Hi, my name is Harriet and I'm a mountain runner. You're listening to Trail Running Ireland. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Rene Borg, great to have you back with us this week. And Rene, I was just saying to Simon in our previous segment that we were looking ahead to the calendar of 2021. And with the two of us, we're just saying that we want to get to 21, to 2021 as strong and as healthy as we can be. And I thought we could talk today about an article that you wrote on runningcoach.ie, which touched on this segment, or on this um, subject rather, that... In order to optimize our training and to optimize our performance in races, that we need to ensure that our general health is as good as can be. Now, that might seem like a very obvious thing to say, Rene, but I think we can very often forget about looking after our general health and then trying to go out and hammer out good quality training sessions as well. Yeah, she said it might seem obvious. Um, and I, I was inspired to write this article because I'm lucky enough to work with quite a few doctors and nurses for some reason. And I was having 
a detailed discussion with one of them. And I just thought, well, we've heard so much about the season 2020, that wouldn't it be a little bit upbeat to finish with an article about health, you know, because no matter what is going on in the world, you know, if you understand what health is and if you can, if you understand what it takes to optimize it, both for the performance that, you know, is our primary focus on this podcast, but also for life in general, which because they're linked, um, that might be of value, you know, and it's it will certainly help you um, no matter what the situation is. Um, as you say, it's, it, it's obvious because people will think, oh, yeah, if I have the flu or if I have a lingering cold or chronic stress or what it be, then, of course, I can't perform to the same level. You know, if you go out and r- race on the flu, we've probably all done it. You know, you, you will usually you're in bed for a week after. Um, but health is not just the absence of disease. And there's a good definition I'm very fond of. It's actually from the World Health Organization. They, they say, what is health? They say health is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. And I think that, you know, that, that's really important to understand that you know, just because you don't have a fever right now or something, that doesn't mean you're healthy. A lot of the problems that we would consider a lack of health can be nearly invisible. You know, they can be small types of chronic inflammation going on in your body. It could be, uh, you know, kind of low-grade allergies, um, mild or severe autoimmune conditions. As you say, chronic stress is, you know, it's not a disease, but it actually has, it does things inside your body that means you're not healthy. So why is that a problem um, for a runner or for anyone who trains? It's because of how the body prioritizes so the body will always look it'll make choices it's an intelligent um, organism you know we've survived millions of years of evolution on this planet you know and in our current form you know over 300,000 years of travails we've come through it all you know so we're extremely adaptable Um, but that means the body will always look at what's going on around me right now what's happening to me and it'll prioritize the important repairs. So that means if let's say you have a good example in Ireland actually is the celiac disease, because I've worked with a few runners who had um, celiac disease, which for those who don't know is it's kind of like gluten, it's, it's a real gluten intolerance, very severe gluten intolerance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that when you have that, and there are certain people I have known who as adults weren't fully aware that they were suffering from this condition. Um, and they never adapted so well to exercise as they could. And they also usually suffered from a variety of smaller health problems. The moment they identified this problem and rectified it, suddenly their performances took off. You know, they lost a lot of weight and they started to run much faster than before, etc. So it, it was I've seen a lot of stories like this in my life, not just as a coach. And it kind of brought me on a bit of a journey on where. I got curious about what is really health and where does disease come from, you know, apart from the obvious. Um, why, why do we in the modern world have so many little chronic irritations, you know, because we know there's kind of an explosion of uh, autoimmune um, disorders and asthma and allergies and all these things. So where does it come from? And there is, um, there is a new view on medicine that's called evolutionary medicine. And that's what I was trying to describe in part in this article I wrote. And evolutionary medicine says basically that most disease that manifests in the body is a result of the, a mismatch between what your body needs and what your body gets. That'd be a very colloquial way of putting it. Uh, and when I say needs, again, it, it could be obvious if you think about it, what does my body need? Well, there's a few things you know. If you don't get proper food or no food at all, 
you will get sick very quickly. You know, not sick as in, oh, here's the cold, but you will start to deteriorate severely if you are malnourished, for instance, or you're getting some kind of food, but you're missing key vitamins uh, or minerals, you can get very severe disorders, you know, and we all remember scurvy, you know, from the naval days, uh, which actually when scurvy first came out, people thought that it was a contagious disease, would you believe? Um, And then they found out it was because, is it a lack of vitamins? It's C, yeah, it's vitamin C. So um, there's there's many ways that you can manifest problems. Um, And a lot of time you mightn't even be aware because our environment has changed a lot. Uh, since even our grandfather's time on. So a good example I like to, to use for people is that an apple today has about 12 times less minerals and vitamin content than an apple about 70 years ago. You know, so it would be very easy today with junk food around and lots of stress. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of pollution in our air, our soil, our water, to get a lot of the wrong stuff into our bodies and not enough of the good stuff. And in that way, develop a body that is fighting to meet its needs and have some kind of low level um, state of disease basically all the time. And in that state, the body will, will look at your training and it'll say, yeah, I'd love to do something in response to this training stimulus that you've given me, but I need to finish the repairs over here around your stomach lining first for instance, as, a, as one example. I've seen many with, say, your athletes over the years that injuries that might look like, say, biomechanical problems or overtraining issues like, you know, a, a groin strain, a calf strain, um, shin splints or whatever, that, you know, we often look to pick up the phone to the physio to get it sorted or we look for a reason in our training. But have you found that maybe all those little niggles and injuries might actually be because of all these other factors that you're mentioning, like where we live, the air that we breathe, the water we drink, the food we consume, and stress and anxiety and so on? Can they cause those type of injuries as well? Yes, they can. And they do with surprising frequency. Um, And generally, the way you know that it's not biomechanical is that if you try and address Um, a problem, you know, with a good training plan that's progressive and logical, a good rehab routine for this particular injury, but nothing is happening. It's like what I call a hanging healing response. It's like, no matter what you do, the body just won't heal. Um, And people conclude usually in this situation that it's the running that's damaging them. Um, But in these situations, I've often, it's, it's not the running. It's just through the running that the pain manifests if that makes sense. But to, to, to understand that there's, there's two things really that I think we can explain on a podcast like this. The first element is, as you say, what goes into the system, because all your tendons and your ligaments and your muscles, all that is built from something. And what's it built from? Well, it's built from uh, the food you eat and the water you drink, because most of our tissues are made mainly of water. And it's very, very important to have good clean water in these tissues because that's part of what creates um, the elasticity that the body needs you know, to move pain-free. Um, and obviously the same thing with food. If you eat very poor quality foods, you're basically building a body that is made of bad materials. So a body like that would be more fragile. Similarly, if we are under a lot of stress, um, even, you know, the mental stress that we are familiar with, but also things like chemical stressors um, and other stresses from the environment, 
that can cause the body to be in kind of what's called a low-grade inflammatory state where it becomes extremely responsive in a way it overreacts to all the stressors of life, including running. And that can cause that suddenly you get joint pain when really what you're doing should never cause a problem of that magnitude. You know, and we see quite a lot of good athletes today, like Karolina Wozniacki, my country woman, um, you know, she had to retire quite early, which was, was basically a rheumatoid arthritis. And that is a condition I would put down to something like that. Um, and, you know, I don't know her. I don't know her details, but I suspect if there was a cure for her, and I can't say there was, it, it is somewhere in the deeper environment around her. It's, it's not yeah. just down to the activities she's done in her life. But it's something that I for myself as well. And I don't mind sharing the story either because I remember back in 2015 and 2016, I had two terrible years injury-wise, lots of different problems going on in all different parts of the legs. And it wasn't um, by chance that that coincided with the period um, when I got divorced. Um, you know, my relationship with my ex-wife uh, began to really break down in 2015 and we ended up getting divorced in early 2016 big house move extremely stressful period and of course they were just two years written off really and um, training and racing wise every time I tried to come back something else would happen and you know looking back on it now I'm sure that that was a massive influence and then funnily enough when I met my new partner Jennifer in 2017 and things were going really well and it's gone really well over the last couple of years we're getting married now next year with a new baby on the way since I met Jennifer and um, the injuries went away and I got back running and I had a couple of great seasons and it's only been this year thanks to coronavirus and I'm sure stress levels have gone through the roof once again that the little niggles are back so it's something that I must be very sensitive to and by the sounds of it a lot of other runners are too yeah, there was a study done that showed that people who were more what would call, you know, traditionally highly strong personalities, which sounds, you know, sounds very negative, but it just means you are actually a little bit more, um, we could say psychologically reactive is a good way to, to look at it, which yeah. can be good and bad. There's advantages to those personality types. And I'm that personality type myself. And I actually have a very similar story to yourself, Owen, because it was during the years that... Um, I felt my own life was trapped. Uh, there were certain things I wasn't happy with that I had the worst injury problems. At the moment, my life got to a stage where I said, I'm happy with this life. I'm happy where I am now. They went away. Uh, you know, I was obviously doing other things as well, but I think that showed that without that environment to heal in, um, it could not have happened. And, and there's a good, so in this study, they showed that there is actually, there was a strong statistical correlation between personality type and injury, you know, and who would have thought? Um, so these kind of, as I like, I'm from Jutland, north of Germany. We used to have these men there who, you know, they would only communicate in one or two syllables, basically, but they were so easygoing, you know, they were so easygoing, they'd fall over nearly. <laughs> and I think that type of character will very rarely get injured. You know, I know they're all, yeah. but because that, yeah, it is quite fascinating. And there was this quote that this doctor uh, that I spoke to uh, last week, I might just read it, Owen, because I think that that yeah. kind of leads us into a nice final phase of this, of trying to explain it. He says, expectations are the root of all suffering. The difference between expectation, desire, and the real world, particularly if culturally imposed, 
As we are task-oriented creatures, if we are not moving toward the goal that we truly desire, we will suffer. It's the root cause of most behavioral health issues. Anxiety and depression are your brain telling you that you're pointed in the wrong direction. And, you know, I think that you could dissect that for hours. Um, but if, yeah. if the people out there who are a little bit more, of course, say materialistically oriented, think, wow, it's getting into some new age stuff now. Um, one thing I'd like to tell them is there's, there's a good book called Biology of Belief. And again, it's a title that sounds new agey. But actually what the book shows is that how you feel and the way you perceive the world has a direct effect on every single cell in your body. So just try and consider the implications of that. Some people say that your genes are the, um, your genes, what is it, load um, the gun, the, but your environment yeah. pulls the trigger. Yeah. And your environment, is, we've described on this call, but it's also your reaction to that environment. And obviously by environment means life situation as well. So this is this situation. If you feel trapped in your life, if you feel you're not moving in the right place, you're not meeting your goals, you're frustrated, you're not happy or connected to the activities that you're doing, suffering will manifest either through physical symptoms, which is called, that's actually called a psychophysiological injury. So it's a real thing. Or yeah. in terms of psychological suffering, you know, depression, anxiety, as, as my friend here said. Um, and either way, those issues will have a negative effect on, for instance, your cells. And you, there's many, many examples that this affects the immune system and how it works and depresses it. So you can see why it's, it's so important in a way to be happy and content, connected, driven towards goals that are meaningful to you. Um, if you want your body in a way to be as resistant as possible to all types of dangers in the world, including, you know, illnesses and diseases. The key thing is, Renny, isn't it, that life doesn't need to be a suffer fest, that if we are suffering, if we are going through a bad time, the key is to change, isn't it? And to try and seek out help, to, to try and change your training or to change your environment, because if we keep things the way they are, well, then we're not going to get any better in our general health and then in our training and race performance as well. And certainly in my case, if I had have stayed in that unhealthy relationship or when I got divorced, if I had have stayed in that in that, that very sad, anxious and depressed state, you know, I certainly wouldn't have been, wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to heal. And, and what is, what's the phrase, Renny, that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So I think is the message maybe to, if you are suffering or if you're not training well or whatever, to change, to get rid of the negative influences that are there, if you can, to seek out help and seek out advice, and then your, your body will see the positive reaction. Yes, like one of my favorite on, online doctors, if you want to use the term, Dr. Jack Cruz, he always said, you cannot heal in the same environment that made you sick. That, that <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can put injured into that term as well. And I think the one thing maybe to take away that I really wanted to bring across in the article is that we need to take ownership of this because it's, we, we are a little bit in the modern world, you know, brought up to expect others to own the responsibility for us, you know, and for our, you know, our health, our well-being, you know, we kind of look to the state, you know, we, when we grow up in a system where there's a welfare state. And I think the first step in, in, in health is to step away from that and say, well, first of all, I will delegate that power and responsibility to myself because 
as Ro- I think it was Robert Listick, who was a, a prisoner in Nazi concentration camps, said he couldn't control anything uh, in this situation, this terrible situation he was in, except how he reacted to it. And what he, in a way, understood was even in the most dire circumstances, you still have the power to change how you choose to react. And that might sound trivial, but it's not because how you react will directly change every cell in your body, if that makes sense. If you can learn to, as you say, change your situation, change your reaction to the situation around you, maybe, you know, be more positive, uh, turn things into something constructive, focus on what you can control and not waste time on all the things you can't, that could change your health because that might program your cells in a different way. You might be less stressed and suddenly you will see your health improving, you know, and you have created an, a virtuous cycle with more energy, more health, and that'll help you break free then of what you're stuck in. And I know there are times when, you know, you alone cannot pull yourself out of the hole, but it, it's definitely, if you can, you know, start with yourself taking that responsibility and saying, my health, my responsibility, I'm going to do this now. You know, I, I am, but you can, of course, use experts and friends and everyone else. You know, it's just that you are the one leading the process to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Rennie, it's been an absolutely fantastic segment today. Thanks a million for all of that. And I think that hopefully will give people a bit of help, a bit of encouragement, a bit of, a bit of guidance to break into 2021 as strong as possible and have a great racing year once the races all get back up and running again. It might be maybe March or April, Rennie, before we get going again, everybody. But um, with, with advice like that, we can certainly put the foundations in place to have a great 2021 and beyond because as i always say running it's not just about this season running it's about running for the next 15 20 years and um, it's the best medicine that we could get for any disease isn't it and um, so Randy, listen hopefully we might get another segment in before christmas time or if not just afterwards and in the meantime have a great couple of weeks in the lead up to christmas excellent here's to going in the right direction definitely talk soon Nanny. all right talk to you for our feature interview in episode 18 with Aoife Mundo. Aoife has an incredible story to tell. She started running around 2010 and over the next seven to eight years as she ran marathon after marathon on the roads and regularly ran with her friends every week in training and racing without finishing in high up positions in races. But during this time period, she was developing an incredible aerobic base, which has led to her having an incredible impact on the ultra and trail running world in Ireland over the last two years. Back in January this year, she broke the Irish 24-hour record, running 231 kilometers. She smashed the Kerryway Ultra and gave a masterclass in trail and ultra running that day, finishing fifth overall and, of course, winning the female category. She broke the rank and roll round record of 90 kilometers. She has won the Wicklow Way Ultra over 200 kilometers. She won the Eco trail 80 kilometers the Connemara 100 mile race and of course she smashed her Dublin marathon PB in 2019 as well so without further ado let's call in a true champion of Irish ultra and trail running Aoife Mundo. Aoife you're very welcome to the show great to have you here. Oh thanks very much for having me on. How are things are you looking forward to the Christmas time? 
Yeah, I'm on my kind of Christmas countdown, starting to get everything ready in the house and that sort of stuff. And kind of in the back of my mind, kind of thinking about plans for next year and stuff like that. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, and I'm sure maybe in back in January when you were setting your, your plans out for the year, I'm sure you, you thought you were going to be having a very different end to the year with, you know, hopefully back in January, I'm sure you would have been thinking of going on to do lots more racing, lots more podiums, probably lots more wins as well on the back of that incredible 2019 that you had. So how do you feel now at the end of this COVID 2020 year? You, you must have been disappointed in some ways the way the year turned out, given 2019 was so incredible. I'm sure you were hoping to maybe do the same thing again in 2020. Yeah, you know, it it has been a very different year to what I kind of, I had planned. But I don't think it's necessarily been all kind of bad or it's been a wasted year or anything like that like I've definitely kind of I've learned a lot because of the way things have played out you know so say like I mean obviously lots of races have been cancelled and stuff like that but um one of the kind of bigger ones for me that that was cancelled was the European 24-hour championships which was due to take place in September but um when that was cancelled I was like I was so disappointed but in a way that kind of made me realize how much I wanted to do bigger events does that make sense like so so, say something smaller that was cancelled oh like there's still big races but like say like the Wicklow way or something like that like I kind of just went okay well I can do that again next year do you know that kind of way so some of the 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 bigger stuff that was cancelled was really like it was disappointing but at least now I know it's not just I want to do it like I really really want to do it if that makes sense and why was the 24 hour one why was that top of your list and why did that cause the most disappointment was it because you had such an incredible result back in January what you would have been running for Ireland I presume as well with an Irish vest on you but was it because of those two things or yeah like it was going to be my first opportunity to do that and I suppose it just I, I maybe I didn't realize how much I wanted to do it until it was cancelled I, I don't know really um but I just I felt like it was a huge kind of opportunity for me um to kind of do something at an international kind of level and it was it was something completely new and yeah. I just felt like the opportunity was kind of now it's not permanently taken away but I mean it was just you know it was gone so I was just I know I'm not too sure how far before the event was cancelled but did you even get to the stage if where you were looking say at opposition in the race were you looking at potential position that you wanted to come in in the race did you even get that far no, no, it was it was April kind of time that it was cancelled and it would have been in September. Yeah. So um like it was still a good bit away. But you you know, look, I used the time then over the summer like to work towards the ranking round and stuff like that. So it was definitely, you know, I I, I filled my time. 
and even just maybe before we touch on the ranking round and and the great win down in the Kerry Ultra as well, I, I wanted to just ask you about the twenty four hour um, Irish record, of course, back in January. And for people maybe that didn't see it at the time, the record was previously two hundred and twenty nine kilometers back in two thousand and twelve, set by Rutan Sheehan, and you beat it by two kilometers back in January. So could you tell us, Eva, what is it like to chase a 229-kilometer record and only beat it by two kilometers, which I presume meant the, the record, it, you were still unsure if you were going to get it or not, maybe right up until the last hour of the 24-hour, maybe even the last 30 minutes. That must have been an incredible mental and, and physical battle. Mm, not quite, and I'll tell you why. Um, so when I went over there, the, the record wasn't actually on my agenda that day. I just, all I yeah. wanted to do was do enough to qualify for the team. So I think for this female team, it was 200 uh, kilometers. So I figured if I could do 210 or 215, I should be guaranteed a place. Um, so that was that was kind of what I went in for. And I had like, I had an iPod with me on the day with posted on the back of it, kind of saying what kind of average pace I needed to do for the 210, 215. My things went really well. I had 220 on it. So that was, that was kind of where my head was at that day. Like that's what I sort of, you know, I was trying to achieve. And it was only then um, John Hannon was over as well when, when, I was doing the race and uh, he uh, he was sitting with Paul at the time he'd, he'd dropped out and uh, they were like looking up what the, the female record was. So it was only in the last couple of hours I kind of thought, oh, this this could be another one for, for today. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm sure when you did um, get the record, it, it must have been a great, a, a, a great feeling, a great sense of elation when you got it. Or were you just so much in the zone in the race that maybe didn't sink in until afterwards? Yeah. Do you know, I, I kind of just surprised myself, you know, um, like I went out there to, to do the best that I could do. But I just I suppose that. I was just surprised like there's no other way to kind of to kind of put it you know um but it just shows you know people can achieve absolutely anything do you know like just because you see yourself as one thing or you don't see yourself as like a runner or a whatever like you, you can do anything you, you can achieve all sorts if you just actually go out there and try you know yeah, and I mean, speaking of of achieving great things, if it, you had an incredible, an incredible 2019, where I think in total you won six races, and not just six 5Ks or six, you know, 10Ks or 10 miles or half marathons, you won six big ultras back in, in Ireland, and maybe we don't have time to go through the full year in the in the interview today, but. Is there one highlight maybe from that incredible 12, 15 month period that you had that now that you've had time to reflect back on it, is there any race win that stands out? I would say it has to be the Wicklow way. Um, And I suppose when I, 
when I started looking at that race and I was looking at the record for that, I kind of thought, you know, when you look at a number and you kind of look at your own kind of like you think about what you can do or whatever. And I just I thought, you know, I think I can do that. And I started like hiking out the route and stuff like that. And I really was I was so determined going into that one. And actually, my mum and dad don't live too far from the finish in Clonagall. And they came along just to see me, like, come in at the end. And um, I asked my mum, like, at the end, I was like, what What would you have done, like, if I hadn't won? And she was like, oh, I knew I knew you were going to. You were just so determined. And, I like, that day I really did set out, like, I was like a woman on a mission. And I just really really wanted it so bad and then when it actually when it happened it kind of I don't know it kind of changed how I looked at all of the events and you kind of go oh I wonder could I do this and I wonder could I do that so it's definitely I think it's the one that kind of changed things for me. Would you say Eva that it changed your mindset maybe in a way because for people that don't know your backstory for about what six or seven years you are a mid-pack Dublin marathon runner and you know in the four hour five hour plus and just happy to to run every year and without looking for podiums or wins or whatever but then all of a sudden when when you moved to ultra running and began to take that serious joined your your local club there Drogheda and district you began to win and win and win so I'm sure there's a massive mindset now between Aoife from a couple of years ago and Aoife now. Or, or, or is there? Maybe, you know, you still approach running with, with the same joy as opposed to someone who's fighting for wins. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a, it's like a funny kind of conflict, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, I love to go out and just enjoy myself when I'm out there, right? There's no... To my mind, like there's no point in doing it if you're not enjoying it. So, you know, when you hear people talking about doing ultras and it's like a, a suffer fest and they're grinding yeah. it out and all this sort of stuff. Oh, I just like, oh, I wouldn't want to do it if it was like that, you know. Um, but then there's this competitive streak as well that like I want to go out and I want to just enjoy it. But then sometimes, but, you know, it's like I, I call it the red mist just descends. <laughs> Sure. Sure. Well, I think anybody that's winning races that are 100 kilometer plus, they must have that incredible strength of determination that you have. And that red, when that red, red mist descends, as you've said, because, you know, there, there's enjoying it. But then I think I remember hearing you talk about the Eco Trail in Wicklow and you were in a battle that day with an international runner. And yeah. um, you, you made sure that you finished the, the season winning that race. Oh yeah, I like. It, it's funny. I I just felt like that day. I was like, I I I can't I can't have the last race not be a win. I don't know what it was, but I I know myself. Like I was tired that day. So that was sheer. Like that was like you know I was just really determined because that race was at the end of September, and I had done the Kerry Way at the start of September, and then I'd done like the Ballyhora loop the loop thing or whatever it's called um about two weeks later so like really I suppose 
it probably had no business even being there that day. But I just really wanted to do it, you know. And for anybody maybe wondering, Eva, like, how is this girl doing this? How is she winning these 200 kilometer races, 100 kilometer races so consistently? And would I be right in saying, Eva, that maybe it's because of those six and seven years of consistent training and I don't know maybe if you heard Rene a couple of weeks ago on in the training part of the show where he was talking about the the importance of aerobic training and by the sounds of it for six or seven years you were just doing an incredible aerobic base and now you're getting the benefit of it because you're just so strong yeah like I would be consistent you know like about my running like it mightn't have been you know going out winning 5k races or anything like that but I was running away consistently and doing it in a way that was kind of enjoyable you know I was meeting up with friends so we'd be running and chatting at the same time so we were never really going completely flat out you know but it was always like it was always there you know it just wasn't necessarily competitive um, yeah. I like to do a lot of hiking as well. And I really think people kind of, I'm not saying they laugh at me when I say it, but like, they don't, I don't think people take me totally seriously when I say that I think it does actually make um, a really big difference. Because, you know, you can't go out week after week and maybe like run eight hours every Sunday or whatever, but you can go for a hike like that and it's not going to take the world out of you you know that way so it's a really good way as well of building up yeah you're consistently working hard week in week out and which is so important that as Rennie has been saying to us for for a couple of weeks now uh, and you say you know maybe some people don't take you seriously but after they saw your result this year in the Kerry Way Ultra, where you you smashed the the course record and you smashed the the women's field you, you won it easily you were fifth in the overall race as well. And maybe what I w- wanted to ask with the Kerry Way Ultra for was that, how would you compare that performance, say compared to nine or 12 months ago? And did the fact that you didn't have as many races in 2020, did that mean you were just fresher and stronger going into the Kerry Way Ultra? And maybe that's one of the reasons why it was so good or would that have result came anyway, do you think? Um, no, I, I like. I think if I'm to be honest about it, it definitely was hugely influenced by the fact that I wasn't racing so much in 2020. Um, yeah. I'd love to say it's some magical progression, but it's definitely, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely because I wasn't. You know, last year, kind of um, maybe about a month before I did the uh, Kerry Way, I did the. Connemara 100 which is a 100 mile road race and uh, like that took a lot kind of out of me um, and I definitely I think I went into the Kerry Way still kind of tired after that like I can so you know people would have said to me oh like you, you did loads of races and whatever and I would kind of go the fact that I would still go out and do another one and you know, I'd, I'd get through it, then that kind of made me go, oh, maybe I'm not doing too much. Um, but then when I saw the kind of difference this year in Kerry versus the last year, I kind of go, okay, maybe they were right. But I, I do think, though, as well, like there's a difference between going out 
and just, you know, enjoying it and being competitive. Like, I, I think you can still pack a lot in if you're just doing it to enjoy it. But if you're doing it and you want to kind of perform or be competitive, well, then I guess I've learned that maybe you just can't, like, you can't do every race. Yeah. And did that superb result in Kerry, has that influenced your maybe choice of races for 2021? Because what I was going to ask you if it was, what's your plan for 2021? And then as we've all seen over the last 12, 18 months, you're an incredible talent. You're, you're smashing races. You're absolutely destroying fields. And my question is that beyond 2021, you know, you've conquered Ireland, Aoife, and you know, do you have any ambition to, to try and conquer the world? And I remember when I had a conversation with Laura Driscoll for the, for the show a couple of weeks ago. You know, Laura, similar to yourself, some incredible results. And, you know, I said it to her, Laura, would you like to go and try and win UTMB or get on the podium? And I'd love to ask you the same thing, Aoife, because if anything, that result and that performance in Kerry showed that you have the talent and the potential to maybe challenge some of the, you know, international um, superstars of trail running. And why can't an international trail running superstar be Aoife from Ireland? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I definitely, like, I would love to do the UTMB or UTMR or Tot Trent, any of those kind of ones. Like, yeah. But the, the only problem for me right now is actually getting into them. And that's been, yeah. you know, so even like, say, like uh, Mont Blanc 90, I entered the lottery for that last year and again this year, unsuccessful. So it's not that I don't want to do these things. Like I absolutely 100% would love to go over. Um, it's just a matter of getting in. That's like, that's all it is. Have you thought about maybe how far you could go internationally in terms of or any ambition to to be up there with the very best in Europe or the world? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're embarrassing me now. Um, I, I don't know. Like, certainly, right, if <laughs> if I was going to a major race, would I give it my absolute all? Like, 100% I would. It's like, why would you go over to something not to do the absolute best that you can do at it? You know, like... Life is kind of, it's, it's for living and, and everything, any of the races that I have done, even in Ireland, like I go into things like, I, I, I don't plan to do it a second time. Like say, say like Kerry, I did it a second time, but that was, that was the year that it was, you know, like everything I'm just going in to do it and enjoy it and like, you know, do the best that I can do at that event at that time so that you know I'm not left going oh I wish I could you know everything is like I'm going to go in I'm going to do it and I'm just going to give it my best yeah yeah well listen if, if anybody's listening in um from any of the big brands like a north face or a salomon or indeed our friends in chorus that help sponsor the show as well I'm going to say to them sign this girl up <laughs> because I, I can see it in UTMB and maybe because of the, the entry system, maybe not next year. I'm not too sure if you have the points or the stones or, or whatever it is these I days. Have the points. You have the points. Oh, OK, so you just need the lottery then. <laughs> just need the lottery. 
Yeah, and unfortunately, UTMB are actually very strict, even with elite athletes. That I think you need to actually nearly qualify to get in. Um, but a lot of other races, even like if you were to send off your your running CV, if you like, and just tell them, "Hey, listen, I've won Kerry by Ultra. I've won everything in Ireland. Can I get in?" You know, a lot of these races, they'd they'd pay for your flight over, they'd give you a free entry, they'd they'd put you and Paul up in a hotel for the weekend, maybe even give you an appearance fee. So, you know, absolutely go for it. Be ambitious with with, with your train of thought. And and you know, we, we might see uh Ethan Mundo uh, Adidas sponsored athlete or whatever in a couple of years. Why not? <laughs> Never know. Never know. I'm going to give you a call back in six months' time. Eva, how's it going with those contract negotiations? <laughs> I'll give you a fee, on. How about that? You, a small percentage, that's all. Yeah, um, yeah. But all, all joking aside, what, what, what are the targets for, for 2021? We'll, we'll, we'll think short-term first. What, what are the plans for 2021? Um, so the World 24-Hour Championships in yeah. Romania in May, that's uh, kind of number one on my, my list. And then I'm going to see what I can do in terms of selling my soul or whatever for um, UTMR because that is like that has a normal kind of registration process this year or top dreamt. So, yeah, that's okay. it. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, any of the races in Ireland, E4, would you just see, see how you go? I'm going to see how things pan out. Um, with those two and like if I suppose if nothing comes up internationally well then like obviously I, I, I'll be back I'll be back to my my usual favorites um but I'm, I'm just trying to be flexible about it I suppose if any if 2020 has taught us anything it is that we do need to kind of be a little bit flexible about things yeah yeah and in terms of training what what you've been doing for the last couple of years it's worked so well is the plan if they just to continue as is for the next 12 months maybe to, to try and make that step up to an international elite field or, or or are you happy just to continue as is and maybe just to give a brief outline to the listeners of what type of training that you're doing yeah, I'm actually, so with the um, World 24s in mind for uh, May, I'm actually working with Sarah McCormick at the moment, um, just on a plan towards that. Um, yeah. Just, I suppose, to give myself some kind of structure and discipline, because I suppose sometimes left to my own devices, I'd probably just run and run and run. <laughs> Um, and how you find that even because there's a big difference isn't there between just kind of going with the flow running how you feel to having a coach all of a sudden telling you when and how to run and I I suspect it requires a lot more discipline for you and maybe something that you're not used to Uh, so like it's different um and I suppose anyone that kind of um follows me on Strava or whatever will see that like I've started June like because there's a a local kind of track here and um, in Drogheda which I've kind of been using for my speed work or Aoife's version of speed work um yeah. so that's been very kind of it's just different um 
and even like because I did join um our local kind of running club last year and even I suppose just from that I got a huge kind of boost because I don't like while I'd been running for years there, there was no kind of structure to it so even when I joined um Drogheda and they'd have like a plan and they'd have like oh you know a tempo run or whatever like before I turn up I'd be there googling like what is a tempo run you know <laughs> so um there's just been a massive kind of learning curve for me when it comes to all that sort of stuff um but I suppose having somebody kind of map out a plan for me I suppose it kind of takes the guesswork out of it for me and maybe I just kind of feel a bit more like okay well I just need to do this then I'm not wondering you know do I need to be getting more miles in or do I you know because that seemed to be like my default setting was I always it's just like everything was about running more but that didn't necessarily mean that I was getting any more out of what I was doing I don't yeah. know if that makes any sense. Yeah, sure. And maybe as a follow-up question to that, okay. I've seen a lot of ultra runners, male and female, over the last couple of years and and maybe more female ultra runners that are willing to talk about it and and willing to admit it. Um, ultra and elite runners who actually burn out very quickly on the international ultra racing circuit because they end up suffering from red S syndrome, which Rene spoke about, I think in episode 12. And when we had actually, Gavin was on the same show that Gavin, of course, won the the Kerry way ultra just the the week or two beforehand that a lot of ultra runners end up overtrained and over raced. And I, I wonder, have you ever thought about the possibility of that happening in any way or, and, are you thinking about putting a structure in place to make sure that that doesn't happen to yourself? And maybe with Sarah on board, that might be a good barrier against it. Yeah. And actually, do you know, so it hasn't been something that I've necessarily, you know, haven't thought about it as such. Right. But I think because of the way this year, has panned out it kind of forced a break to what I was doing do you know that way like so it it stopped me from just going from race to race to race so I've seen the benefits of not doing that um you know it's kind of been unintentional like and in terms of I suppose when it comes to like nutrition and stuff like that like I mean, Evan, that you had on a couple of weeks ago, probably wouldn't speak. <laughs> he probably wouldn't be giving me an A plus for 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 diet and stuff like that. But I, I've definitely learned in terms of like, you know, if 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 you want to go out and run well, or if you want to be able to go out every week and you know do a long run or or, or train properly, like you do have to get the calories in, and you do have to be aware of it and make a conscious effort and the same like during races as well because it's very easy like if you're doing like I don't know if you're in Kerry or something like that or or Wicklow when it's that kind of distance like you're not like it's easy not to focus on 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 fuel and stuff like that so you just I suppose you just kind of have to think about it but I mean it's not like it's it's not a topic that I would know a huge amount about, to be honest. 
Yeah, sure. And very long term, Aoife, are you the type of runner who, you know, loves running so much that you you want to be running into your 40s, 50s and 60s? Or do do you think there will be a time limit on it? Because I ask, you know, lots of people, even outside of the podcast, you know, what what they would like to do running wise over over time and everybody's very different you know some people say oh no listen when i hit 40 boom that's it i'm done other people you know move into maybe administration roles or coaching roles and then some people just they'll keep on running vet races till they're in their 70s and 80s like i want to do so (laughs) what 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 are you thinking very long term you know like i just love a day out in the hills and I really just enjoy it and I enjoy the freedom I enjoy the fact that your mind can just wander and all that sort of stuff so I definitely think it is something that is going to be with me for a long time do I know if it's always going to be running might it be more towards hiking as I get older I don't know maybe but like I definitely think it is going it's something that's going to be around for a long time yeah okay and you're in good company i think on a lot of these training runs as well or i I don't even know if paul can can keep up with you these days if he goes out with you but i I thought it'd be you know it'd be nice to mention your husband paul O'Murku, who's who's probably you know giving you great support over the last couple of years i imagine paul is a, is a great mountain running guy as well he's a former president uh, of imra and, and not everybody is lucky enough to have a partner that supports them as you know paul i'm sure has been has been doing to yourself over the last couple of years and um, part of your race crew and as i've heard you say before that without a race crew without your great race crew that you've had a lot of those race wins wouldn't have been possible. Possible, so I just thought it maybe a shout out to the pole and and their, all your crew guys who have been helping you over the last couple of years. Yeah, no, he he does an absolutely amazing job, and I always say that like he just I don't know like he's the right person for the job in terms of you know he I suppose because he's he's done a lot of these events himself before he knows what they're like and he kind of like he knows like obviously he's married to me so he knows me but he knows what I'm like as well you know and he would know you know if I get into a station and like if I was kind of I don't know if like I, I tend to move in and out of them quite quick but it, even if I was kind of dawdling or whatever he'd be like come on go go you know he he just no he, yeah, he's he's good in those situations so yeah fantastic and maybe a last question or a last topic for yeah. today and and apologies now if anybody that's listening wanted to get into the kilometer by kilometer details of races that you've won but i just wasn't sure how we could do the interview and you know we don't have two or three hours either so maybe we could do something again another day and break down one of these incredible 24-hour records or or 200k race wins but you know i'm sure there's there's a lot lot of girls listening who have just maybe recently started trail running or or even say the the guys who have wives or sisters or or girlfriends who are starting off themselves and they, they might actually maybe share this interview with them because you know you're a motivation you're you're an inspiration to the people Aoife, who are seeing you doing all these great things and is there any general advice or 
or, or words that you'd say to people that, that are starting off in, in mountain running and trail running just just to, to help get them going hmm. <laughs> I don't know like I always just think you need to just go out there with the attitude of just go out and enjoy yourself like that's that's what it's meant to be about it's just about enjoying yourself and getting out there and you know seeing the world meeting loads of people that's the one thing I would definitely say about like the trail running community everybody is so friendly and so nice like you know even like I haven't been obviously you know running the trails for for years and years but I've met so many people in such a short period of time through it like even like turning up at races like I might know nobody and then you just get chatting to people and then next thing you're meeting up with them in two weeks time to run something else like it's just I would say to anybody to just give it a go it is actually just it is so much fun there's so much you get out of it and I think as well you learn a huge amount about yourself and how you react to different situations how you get through things I just like I think there's so much that you can get from it that I would really encourage everyone to to kind of give it a go yeah, no. yeah, and it sounds like yeah, like you, you just really enjoy it. You're you're not obsessed about any nutritional aspect of racing and training. That you just you know you, you eat what you want. You you train how you feel. Granted, now you know you're gonna have to follow Sarah a little bit more now, but just like a really positive experience. And and maybe if we were actually just very lucky in Ireland that we have such a great community spirit and great guys and girls on the trails, because it's not always the case i think in other countries um where maybe sometimes girls can feel a little bit intim- intimidated at a start line when they're only maybe 10 percent of the race field that they might get the odd unwelcome comment and um, there was a blog that i read during the week from the team gb ultra runner sophie grant who spoke about her unpleasant experiences on the trails which guys making silly comments to her and and i've never heard that thankfully in ireland that you know there genuinely is just a great camaraderie and it's 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 um you know really enjoyable experiences out running and racing yeah no there absolutely is and i think even the the trail running community is is so different to the road running community not not that the road runners aren't nice they are nice but i'm just saying like it's just so much more open and inclusive and i think especially on the ultra kind of side as well because everybody is kind of pushing themselves that little bit so everybody just automatically has this respect for each other because everybody kind of knows that everyone that's there is kind of not outside their comfort zone but they're kind of pushing things a little bit so automatically there's kind of this bond between people so and I think that makes that makes a huge difference as well yeah it's great and hopefully over the next couple of years we'll we'll see those percentages maybe try and even out a little bit where you know it's not just 80 90 percent guys and then the 10 percent girls that we head towards a 50 50 it might be a couple of years off yet but you know hopefully we'll get there and with a with a runner like yourself Eva, leading the charge i'm sure we will thanks man Eva. talk to you soon take care bye bye Well, that's 
that's a wrap for episode 18 everybody i hope you enjoyed it and what an incredible story from Aoife what a true champion she is and watch this space i think she is going to go on and achieve great things internationally as well and i was just looking through the episode archive of the podcast there earlier this morning and just if you go through it yourselves guys just have a look at all the names that we've interviewed um irish trail running is in such a healthy place and um, there's so many fantastic athletes that are doing great things all over the world paddy o'leary over in the u.s nicola duncan winning races in scotland left right and center sarah mccormick as we mentioned who won the world cup trophy zach hannah had a great summer as well gavin burns smashing round records left right and center too and then of course the likes of laura o'driscoll and Aoife and um, there today as well so we're in a really really good place so hopefully next year 2021 all of these incredible athletes will get to show the world and get to show the country how good they are and they'll get to put all their fabulous training and experience now to good use in 2021 have a great couple of weeks guys in the lead up to christmas enjoy all your training enjoy all your running and hopefully we'll get one more episode out over the christmas time for you to enjoy tell all your friends guys about it as well and um, share Aoife's story especially and a big thank you as always to our show sponsor chorus who have done a great job over the last couple of weeks helping us out with the show they're a fantastic outdoor adventure watch gps company and they genuinely have the best watches on the market take care everybody and talk to you soon let's get our running gear on let's go Bye.